Hi there. Merry Christmas, or pert near Merry Christmas. That's how they say it in these parts, pert near. It is the full holiday season. We're in swing around here. We've got the mistletoe, mistletoe, and the trees hanging and the decorations decorating. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time out to tune into this episode of the Woman Inspired Podcast. If you're already looking out for 2024 and you need a speaker for your next event, please, please go out to womaninspired.com. You'll find all kinds of details out there, including how to reach me via email and my social media links. If you put a, a request in the comments, I might miss it because this podcast is on probably 12 to 14 different podcast platforms and I don't always see the comments till much later after they've been posted. So I'm not ignoring you. Um, you need to go to my website to, uh, to send me, uh, an email there, or you can go to womenspeakers.com. All right. Now today's podcast is all about the listener comments and questions. It's been a while since I've done one of these and honestly, except for a few episodes over the, the last few years, the questions and comments episodes, they have the greatest response. So I thought, Hey, as a gift to you all, let's do it. Holiday comments and questions just for each of you. Well, that's not true. It's also for me because I enjoy it too. <laughs> and let's not forget to start out with some pod quotes. Ready, set, quote, the way you spend Christmas is far more important than how much money you spend on Christmas. You'll never guess who said that quote. Maybe you will. I wouldn't have. Henry David Thoreau. The way you spend Christmas is far more important than how much money you spend on Christmas. And um, the, here's another quote that I also love. Blast this Christmas music. It's joyful and triumphant. <laughs> That's for all the Grinches out there. Uh, that was the Grinch, of course. Blast this Christmas music. It's joyful and triumphant. <laughs> I love that quote. It just cracks me up. All right. Uh, let's get on to it. Holiday listener questions and comments. Question number one is by listener. It's me, Katie. K-A-Y-K-A-B-B. Okay. Sorry, I slaughtered your name there. It's <laughs> listener. It's me, Katie. K-A-Y-D-E-E. Katie with a D-E-E. Ask me what my favorite Christmas songs are. Well, I have several. One of my favorite is Mary Did You Know, which was written by Mark Lowry, in case you didn't know that. But my favorite version of it is sung by Kenny Rogers and Winona Judd. So if you're not sure what I'm talking about or haven't heard that version, look it up. Um, it, it will It will make your day. All right. Uh, I also love almost anything sung by Bing Crosby and Nat King Cole. And I actually like several Christmas songs sung by Celine Dion. I have kind of varied taste, so it's really hard to pinpoint just one particular song. But when my kids were little, our family favorite Christmas song was Do You Hear What I Hear, sung by Elmo. <laughs> I still love that song and I have it on a CD in my car right now where I put a bunch of Christmas favorites. All right. I used to love the 12 days of Christmas as a sing-along song. 
um, especially when you're at events, just because it was a long song and everybody got to finally got on board and everybody would sing it. And so it was fun. And a lot of times when we're at a gathering, people would act out each different day, uh, whatever it was. So it, it was hilarious in itself. I've actually used the 12 days of Christmas and modified it uh, for a speaking engagement. And turned out pretty fun. It was it was hilarious. So what's interesting is I recently found out that what I thought the meaning of the 12 days of Christmas was, is not. <laughs> I thought it was basically a shopping list. I don't know about you all, but I thought it was a man who loves a woman and he brought her all of these gifts for Christmas. Uh, this was, you know, not at all what the 12 days of Christmas is about. So I thought I'd throw that in here to let you know that since we're talking about Christmas songs, that the 12 days of Christmas, which is also known as the 12 tide in Christianity, didn't know that either. Um, it's about the period that begins with the birth of Christ on December 25th, because in case you didn't know, the 12 days of Christmas are not the 12 days before Christmas culminating on the 25th. The 12 days of Christmas are December 25th through January 6th. That's the 12 days of Christmas. And there's a lot of places outside of the United States, that they start celebrating Christmas on the 25th instead of the entire month ahead of time and don't finish celebrating Christmas until January 6th. So the weeks before Christmas are known as Advent. Scholars and historians, though, believe that this this song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, is French in its origin. And it was first printed in an English children's book called Mirth Without Mischief. Um, and if you haven't heard of it, that's probably because it was published in 1780. It's not exactly something that's out there on the, the shelves right now. And there's a floating theory um, after several different journalists a few years ago and historians decided to dig deeper into the history of the 12 days of Christmas. And that theory is that this song means more than what we think it means. The 1780s was pretty much a time when Christians were punished for worshiping openly. So the 12 days of Christmas uh, was used to secretly pass on the ideology and meaning of true Christianity. So each gift in the 12 days, which are all birds, by the way, it doesn't sound like it. Like when it talks about five rings, it's actually talking about a bird. Um, this song was something lighthearted about birds, which were very valuable back in those days. Uh, but it, it, was more than that. So the five rings are not five rings. They're actually birds. However, it was a secret message and ideology about Christianity in the 12 days. So each of the 12 days symbolizes a different aspect of the Christian faith. The partridge in the pear tree is Jesus Christ who was hung on the tree. The two turtle doves are the old and the new Testament. The French hens are faith, hope, and charity, the theological virtues. The four calling birds are the four gospels. The five golden rings are the first five books of the Old Testament. The five geese laying are the six days of creation. Excuse me, the six geese laying are the six days of creation. The seven swans of swimming are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are the seven sacraments. The eight maids of milking are the eight beatitudes. The nine ladies dancing are the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. The ten lords a-leaping are the ten commandments. The eleven pipers piping are the eleven faithful, the eleven faithful apostles. 
Okay, so there were only, there were 12 disciples, 12 apostles, but only 11 of them were faithful. The 12 drummers drumming are the 12 points of doctrine in the Apostles' Creed. Now, if you Google this, trying to find out, is this accurate? Is this true? You're going to find a story on Snopes that says it broke down the errors in this theory and they don't believe that it is real. Um, but so I did a bunch of research and I found this information in several different places, verifying that they believe that this is true, including good housekeeping, BibleReference.com, holidaysongs.com and places like that, which I trust far more than I trust supposed fact checker sites that I have personally myself found errors on like Snopes. So I did my research uh, for myself and just like other websites, Snopes is frequently incorrect, but even the theory on the hidden meaning here, um, even though it's touching and it's very plausible, I believe that this definitely could be the truth, um, considering history during that time. But for me today, it isn't as big of a deal whether or not that's truth or not, the, the history in it. I mean, because if I want to put Christian themes and overlay them into the 12 days of Christmas and, and think of it that way, I have the freedom to do so. And I'm going to, um, music is basically poetry people. It's set to chords and tunes, but it's all subjective. I believe it's, it, it is a great and thoughtful way to look at this song. Even if the historical facts aren't correct, 100%, a lot of historians and theologians, theologians have, you know, sided with the fact that this song, like a lot of other songs out there does have some sort of deeper meaning to it. So I think that's beautiful. And I wanted to share it with you. Okay. On with the next question. Do you believe in Santa Claus? Well, <laughs> of course I believe in Santa Claus. St. Nicholas, actually, to be more concise, because St. Nicholas was indeed a true person. And you can look up the history of St. Nicholas, but basically he was a Christian bishop. Who He was a man who became the, a bishop, and, then, and he was called Nicholas of Mira, also known as Nicholas the Wonder Worker. And he is credited with being the inspiration for the red-suited Christian icon we call Santa Claus. St. Nick was a really a Greek born in the late, um, well, it would be 280 AD, which was the 3rd century. Um, he became Bishop of Myra, which is a, was a small Roman town in modern Turkey. And it's said that he was probably not fat or jolly, but he developed a reputation as kind of a, a fiery, defiant defender of church doctrine during the great persecution in um, the early 300s, 303, when Bibles were burned and priests were made to renounce Christianity or they were had to face execution. So later he became known as the patron saint of children because of the things that he would do to help people who were in need. Uh, he would give gold to people. He was actually born into a wealthy family, but his parents passed away. And so he had money and he cared about children who were orphans or children who didn't have enough. So he would go around and he would, in the name of Jesus Christ, leave gifts for people and hide things for people and give them gold. And he had a heart for helping children, especially. Um, and in those days, where you could be persecuted for that. He had to hide his efforts because he was a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. So yes, I believe in St. Nicholas. It's true. And I'm sure, uh, not really totally sure of all the exact history between then and now as to how, uh, 
stories became written about him where he became this larger-than-life Santa Claus um, wearing a red cape with, you know, white trim and a a red jacket and boots uh, because, I mean, obviously he lived in cold regions because he did wear a red cape if you see renditions of him uh, in that time. But I don't know how it came into this full-blown Santa Claus, but I'm not mad about it. Not, Not at all. I think it's great. So, okay, on with other questions and comments. Do you have family traditions at the holidays? Well, yes, I grew up with some really fun traditions that I have very fond memories of. Like when I was a kid, we used to celebrate Christmas Eve with a a Polish supper. We would have kielbasa and my mom would make homemade pierogies. And then we would have kryszczyki, which is a is a Polish thin pastry that's rolled out and it's made into twists and fried and then it's dusted with powdered sugar. I loved it. I have great memories of that. And then Christmas morning, all of us kids when we were younger, I mean, we were all the way into college age, <laughs> actually, can't say necessarily younger, um, but all five of us kids would pile into my parents' bed in the morning and we would laugh and be silly. Uh, and then we had to wait there while my mom and dad got up and my mom would go make hot cocoa. And once the hot cocoa was done, we would all go into the living room where my dad had the Christmas lights on and there were just Christmas presents under the tree. And usually my dad would sit in front of the Christmas tree to pass out the gifts to everyone, although sometimes my mom would do it too. Usually it was very equitable the way they were passed out. We each got a gift to open and we would all open them before we each got another one. And sometimes we got you know, a couple to open at a time. And then my parents would open theirs in between we all found kind of when we went into the living room, we'd all find a designated spot on the floor or on a chair on the couch. And we would sip our hot cocoa and watch each other open gifts. And then after that, we would all get dressed in what was inevitably every single year, a gift from my mom that was pajamas or sweats. (laughs) Half the time she made them. Sometimes she purchased them, but every year we would get new pajamas or new sweats, sometimes both. And we spent the entire day in our sweats to play games and then we would nap. And depending on where we lived, if there was snow on the ground, we would change to go outside and build snowmen and get in snowball fights or go sledding. And then around lunchtime, we would have an amazing meal, usually a ham or baked chicken with all the goodies with it. And then we would nap and we would play games again and probably watch a Christmas movie at night. And usually a few days before Christmas, my mom would make sugar cookies with the cookie cutters and we would decorate Christmas cookies with all of the colored frosting she made. And that was fun too. Um, I have amazing fond memories of when I was a child. Now, current day traditions are a little bit shifted and changed because technically we are empty nesters. So we don't have little ones in the house and we don't have little grandkids running around here either. So we spend the days before and the days of Christmas and Christmas Eve visiting people and spending time with people that we love. Although my husband and I do get up Christmas morning and I make hot cocoa and we go sit around the tree and we exchange gifts with each other and we read scripture. Uh, We read the the story of Jesus's birth from uh, Luke and um, we exchange our small little gifts that we have for each other. And we do that as we you know, when we exchange gifts, we listen to some Christmas music until we usually go have brunch with family. And uh, that's our Christmas. And we usually watch Christmas movies on Christmas Day that afternoon or evening. So, alrighty, on to the next question. Do you believe in New Year's resolutions? 
I always get kind of tripped up by the grammar when someone asks me a question that starts with, do you believe in, like, do you believe in New Year's resolutions? Well, yes, no mo fomo. That, that's who asked that question. No mo fomo. N-O-M-O-F-O-M-O. All right. No mo fomo. Um, I believe in New Year's resolutions because they exist. <laughs> they do exist. Do I make New Year's resolutions for myself? No, I don't. I do try to make goals for the new year, but not something that I'm so resolute about that it creates in me this do or die thought pattern. Or that if I don't do it or I don't accomplish it, then I'm going to be crushed. I don't think that's healthy mentally or emotionally. But I do make goals for the year. I think goal setting is great. I think having things that we want to accomplish is healthy, but only if we always, always seek God for what those things are first. Okay, and here's a, a, a question from no one. Um, it, no, it's not no one. Anonymous, there's no name. Are you a New Year's Eve party person? Okay, I've been to a few New Year's Eve parties in my lifetime, but they are probably what other people would consider boring. They involve playing cards and board games, eating lots of amazing finger food and desserts and just laughing a whole lot, you know, toasting the new year in with some grape juice or some soda, or maybe some wine, and then being in bed by one o'clock in the morning, which is my normal bedtime. So it's not that strange. It's just that I'm up that late with other people. <laughs> I always wanted to go to some big New Year's Eve party, not like in Times Square or something ridiculously over the top like that, but just a New Year's party where I could dress up and dance through the night and be around people who are excited for the new year with being able to be in a, a room with all these people and count down until midnight and just scream and holler and be so excited. But the older I get, the more the idea of being in a big room or a big area with people who are drinking and doing who knows what else doesn't sound appealing to me. And it would then most likely be with a whole bunch of people I don't know. And the more I've thought about that prospect over the last few years, the less that sounds appetizing. I want to be with people I care about. Honestly, one of the best New Year Eve's uh, celebrations I've ever had was a little celebration my husband and I had at our house. Both the kids were out at events at other people's houses, and we invited a couple of friends over. They brought people with them, unbeknownst to us ahead of time. Uh, we didn't know it was going to happen, but it was amazing. There were six of us, and we read scripture out loud into the new year, and the two surprise guests were musicians, and they brought their instruments with them. They sat and they played as we all sang these beautiful hymns and some fun songs. And we just listened and then we laughed. We praised God. We got silly. It, it was just a wonderful time. I had just made this simple punch that was alcohol free. We had little snacks, but it was just the most peaceful and beautiful way to usher in a new year that I have ever experienced. And come to think of it, Speaking of traditions, about six years ago, my husband and I and a friend of ours started a tradition where we play games uh, until on New Year's Eve night and have snacks and then listen to music and goof off. But right before midnight, we each have a piece of paper that we write down all of the things that we want to let go of that happened in that year. 
you know, the, the things that bothered us, the things that hurt us, things that we need to forgive in others and in ourselves and the things we don't want to carry with us into the new year. And then we go outside and we have this metal pan and right at midnight, we light the pieces of paper on fire and drop them in the pan and watch all of that past stuff that we don't want to carry with us just burn up. And then the ashes blow away into the wind. It's pretty moving and significant, actually. And we didn't get to do that last year because of the weather. So I am praying that we're able to do that this year. Alrighty. And one or two more questions. Jesus Love 101 asks, do you have a favorite Christmas movie? That is a loaded question, Jesus 101. I love movies, but especially Christmas movies. Of course, I have so many favorite Christmas movies. I don't know that I could choose just one. I can tell you some of my top favorite Christmas movies of all time, though. White Christmas. Yes, yes, I love, love that movie. I watch it every single year. And by the way, if you've never taken the opportunity to watch one of the older Christmas movies on the big screen in the movie theater, go do it. A lot of theaters do that now. They show the older movies. It's a totally different experience. I love watching it on a DVD or streaming it, but you see so much more on a big screen and it's such a great experience seeing it in a movie theater, especially when there's songs because everybody knows the songs and they sing with it. It's just, it's just wonderful. I also like to watch the original, um, yours, mine and ours with Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda. I haven't had a chance to see that on the big screen. A lot of people don't realize that that movie has a huge portion of it that takes place at Christmas. Wonderful, wonderful movie. I also love some of the little Christmas animated specials and cartoons that I grew up with, like Rudolph or Santa, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And um, I love Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Just, just love that cartoon. I haven't watched that one in a few years. I also love the Twas the Night Before Christmas cartoon with the little mouse in it. Uh, I believe George Goebel was the the narrator voice in that or the the papa mouse in it love it love it okay so i like a lot of other christmas christmas movies um let's see. i am you didn't ask this but i'm going to say anyway i'm not a big fan of the movie elf don't delete my podcast from your queue if you're a huge fan of the elf <laughs> i absolutely loved seeing the live musical version of Elf. I saw it in person at a dinner theater. It was fantastic. It was, it was so funny and so fun. But the movie is just so, so to me though. I do love It's a Wonderful Life. That's a classic. I also like watching a lot of the little cute newer movies that come out. And if, if I'm not into them, I just stop and delete them or just stop watching them. Um, and I like watching old TV shows that had Christmas specials like the Waltons Christmas specials. I love that. I have not seen the chosen Christmas special yet, but I think we're going to watch it this year. Uh, hopefully we can find it and stream it. So, all right. And our final question this time, uh, we come to one of the more serious questions I got. Now, I don't know if this particular person whom I will just allow to be anonymous is a believer who is doubting or someone who doesn't believe and just came upon my podcast and they listened to it. But their question is, do you actually believe that Jesus was the son of God? Now, some of you may think that's not a question for the holidays, but it actually is because we would not have many of the holidays 
did did we not have Jesus Christ? Were it not for the birth of Jesus Christ, we would not have Christmas. This is his birthday celebration. The answer to that question, so is yes. Yes, I do believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I do believe what the Bible says. I believe there was an immaculate conception. I believe wholeheartedly that what was prophesied in the Old Testament came true to life, and the fulfillment of it is recorded in the New Testament. And if you're unsure of what that is, then please, absolutely, I encourage you to go out and read the prophecies in the Old Testament. In fact, pretty much the whole entire Old Testament is laced with prophetic visions of the birth of Jesus Christ, with with telling of the coming of the Messiah, the fulfillment of God's plan for us. So yes, I do believe it. I also believe that he died and he was resurrected. I believe that he ascended. I believe that he's coming again. Let me just share with you all though that even I, though I love Christmas and I love the fact that we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, it's not my favorite holiday. I love it, but it's not my favorite. Easter is my favorite holiday because right now, right now I celebrate Advent, which is the celebration of the coming of the most notable, amazing arrival there's ever been via Jesus Christ in a manger in Bethlehem. But I also start to celebrate in my mind and in my heart at this time of year at Christmas time I start to celebrate Easter and mark the hope that we celebrate at Easter time because Easter is marking not just the death of Jesus Christ via our commemoration of his crucifixion on Good Friday but also the resurrection on Resurrection Sunday that's the Sunday following Good Friday So yes, to those of you who like to point out that holidays are very worldly and human-like and they're, they're, if we embrace the way the world does it today, we're embracing worldliness. Part of that is true. However, Easter and Christmas are worldly forms of showing God that we do believe. Humans created them. They are a form of worship. We don't know the exact day that Jesus was born. We don't know the exact day that he died and was resurrected, but we have chosen to mark these days for celebration of those events. So they are a form of worship. People say all the time that we shouldn't be putting up Christmas trees and we shouldn't be giving each other gifts and we shouldn't be dressing up in an ugly Christmas sweater and we shouldn't be taking time off or or baking Jesus a birthday cake when we don't actually know what day he was born. That we should not be doing things like this because it takes the focus off of Jesus Christ. And I think that that can definitely happen. In some ways, it it has happened rampantly across the world. However, the way we honor Jesus Christ the most is by what's in our hearts and how we live every day. And that includes how we take our days off and what we choose to focus on when we do. Like when we take time out of our lives to say, hey, Christmas is worth it. God is worth it. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate Christmas. Let's use the word Christmas as much as we can because Christ is in the middle of it. Let's start preparing our hearts for what's to come. We celebrate the fact that he came. Let's prepare our hearts and celebrate the fact that he will continue to fulfill his promises and he will come again. Let's prepare our hearts for the celebration that will happen at Easter time. You see, when we take the time to celebrate anything with God in the middle of it, we're honoring him. We're praising him. We're showing him with our daily actions and our actions at holidays that we love him. 
Can some people take it too far and they just completely leave Christ out of Christmas? Yeah, they can. We see it. I don't like that either because there's no doubt that Christ is in the middle of Christmas and we should focus on him as we do it. It's right there in the name, Christ, Christmas, C-H-R-I-S-T, mess, Christmas. By the way, there's a great song and it's, um, it's actually a movie too called Christmas with a capital C. If you haven't seen it or heard it, I encourage you to look it up. Christmas with a capital C. And, and as Jesus followers, we get the privilege in honor of celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ every year. I don't take that lightly. I don't ever want to take that lightly. I don't ever want to take lightly the blessing that I have so much to celebrate on this earth. The fact that I'm still here and breathing means that I should celebrate. The fact that I'm still here means that I should be praising God day in, day out, good, bad, or ugly, ugly, holiday or no holiday, but especially on the days that we mark as Christian holidays. So we have the opportunity through these holidays to show the world that as Christians, we still believe. That celebrating doesn't have to happen with high-priced gifts or fancy decor and big luxurious trips. It just has to happen from your soul, from the inside out. And that's going to come out in whatever way you feel led, but it's going to come out. So Listener of mine, I thank you for asking that question and giving me the opportunity and the nudge to once again share the truth of how Jesus came and he died, he was resurrected, and he will come again. And I hope that answered your question. So whatever it is that you decide to do for the holidays, if you sing or you don't, you listen to music or you don't, you have close family and friends to spend time with, or maybe you don't. I want you to know that even though it sounds cliche and trite, you are not alone. God is with you. And that is the most important relationship you will ever have. If you're in a place where you have a kind of touchy, not so meaningful relationship with the Lord, and maybe you're angry at him for something, or perhaps it's kind of an on again, off again relationship with the Lord, I encourage you just to usher in the new year with a goal to draw closer to him, a goal to read the Bible more, a goal to just talk to him more and listen because it's the most important relationship you'll have in your lifetime. If you don't know that yet, or you have a question about that, please feel free to send me an email, womaninspired.com. I'm happy to discuss it with you. I hope that through this past year, as you've listened to my podcast, or maybe you're new here and you haven't listened to it much, then I encourage you to go back and just randomly pick and choose some podcasts and listen to them. You don't have to have listened to, to, one the week before to listen to the next one. They don't bridge on each other. Each one is a a whole topic all within itself. I hope that through these episodes, you can see that my goal, besides wanting to entertain people, which I kind of do like to do that, it's really totally about doing my best to share God with you, to share an amazing life that God has given me. Is it perfect? Nope. (laughs) No. Is it without pain? Nope. I am far from perfect. But no matter my hurt or my pain, no matter my health issues and challenges, no matter any trials and tribulations or drama and chaos that the world or Satan try to put into my life, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I am not alone. I have never been alone. And that comforts me. That gives me hope. And it increases my faith because I can look back and see God's fingerprints and his presence in my life in so many places. I feel blessed to be able to share that truth with you through this podcast. 
My goal is always to share with you that he is the priority, that he is our hope, and that you are not alone. I hope you have felt that throughout this past year, and I hope and pray that in the year to come, you'll continue to tune in, you'll continue to like, and please, please, please share this podcast with other people, and I will pray for all of you. I may not know you by name, but God does, and I will pray for you, and I will ask you to pray for me also. Thank you so much for an amazing 2023. The next episode of the Woman Inspired Podcast will be posted just after the holidays. I pray you and yours have a blessed Christmas and a very happy new year.